Hi, this is Tom. And tonight I want to take a, a brief pause on our surrender series. And I want to talk about the tapestry of God. Uh, this has been heavy on my heart this week. And uh, basically, the, the, what the tapestry of God is, is the idea that all of our lives are orchestrated, uh, that they aren't random, that we don't live in chaos, but that people by design come into our lives. Sometimes they come in and out of our lives and there are various purpose purposes in those encounters. And I have come to believe in this idea very strongly as, as I started to pay attention to uh, the value of specific encounters. And, uh, I also in that process realized, you know, there has been a lot of, uh, important people in my life that, uh, we had come in for a short time. Um, and then others who important people who are more permanent. And so I want to just take a look at that, uh, for a little bit, you know, in, uh, John 13, 34, 35, the Lord told us that uh, he gave us a new commandment that we were to love one another. And um, he repeats that again in John 15. And um, no greater love uh, can you have than to lay down your life for your friend. And so, you know, we look at that and all of that, uh, of course, is a follow on to the Sermon on the Mount where we are told to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. So uh, love is, is central uh, to our purpose in this world. And uh, we need to learn to grow up in love. And so I just want to take a, a quick look at uh, this idea of community and relationships and what God really did here. You know, back in Genesis 2, uh, 2.18, I think, um, the Lord says, it's not good that man should be alone. And so from that, he proceeds to create Eve, uh, for Adam and in that process created marriage. But, uh, in addition to that, um, a few things I want to draw attention to, uh, number one is that, uh, he not only created marriage, but he created in that moment, every relationship that you can imagine. Because from that first marriage, you have the parent-child relationship, the sibling relationship, the grandparent-grandchild relationship. Um, and then as, uh, as community would grow, uh, we get others. And so think about what you have today. And those might be student-teacher, co-worker, uh, coach-athlete, um, mentor, mentee. Um, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend, best friend, um, you know, you name it. There is just so, uh, many that uh, if we sat down to think about it, uh, we have, we have a lot of relationships, um, uh, yeah, of varying degrees. So, uh, but I, I think it's important to note all of that came out of that one instance in Genesis two. And, you know, that was by design. And I think as, um, you know, we tend to think of ourselves as in control of our lives and, um, you know, making plans and, and doing all sorts of things. But 
Um, I, I become, I'm coming to believe more and more that there are no random encounters. Um, and I'm starting to believe more and more that uh, there's purpose in all of them. And, uh, you know, in uh, a number of people have taught what I'm about to say. It's not my idea, but I full, wholeheartedly agree with it. And that is that because we are created to be relational beings, uh, when we look at the creation account in Genesis, uh, one thing we can recognize is that um, when God created us and created community, um, it was a natural uh, need within the human experience to have uh, uh, relationships. And so um, that is uh, by design. And so when we are told to love God and love people, that that is the whole of the law, that um, we love God as our first love. And from that, we are fueled to love uh, others and to love people. And... um, all of that grows out of out of that Genesis 2 account. So I wanted to shine a light on this because I think it's important to start to recognize one of the greatest acts of the love of God is are the the people that He's given us. And you know, in uh, theology, if you study the doctrine of vocation and realize every person has a skill set, every person has a calling. And um, uh, we are all equipped to together uh, contribute to creating a community and a society. And uh, we all contribute to that in various ways with our various gifts. So, um, but I think it's one of those things where uh, we kind of become numb to it. It's so commonplace for us that we probably don't think about it on a daily basis. And, um, but I feel like God's been drawing my attention to this for a long time. And I want, I want to share a couple of things because, you know, when we talk about people that come into our lives, sometimes we can be so busy, uh, or preoccupied or thinking about the next thing or thinking about you know, preoccupied with the future that, that we're not present and we can miss out on tr- incredible opportunities that the Lord has for us. And um, it can also be because we are focused on ourselves and our stuff. Uh, perhaps we don't want to be bothered. And, uh, you know, I was, um, uh, a lot, so I was thinking about what I wanted to share tonight. You know, a lot of, a lot of examples came to mind and just some incredible people uh, that the Lord brought into my life at the perfect time. You know, I, um, I can think of uh, a number of examples um, where it was just an incredible blessing. And I'm like, okay, this had to be God. Um, uh, but, you know, I was also thinking about uh, what are the times when um, I didn't want to be bothered. And there is one important lesson for me that I, I learned. This is about uh, six, seven years ago, seven, eight years ago. I think it was seven years ago. And I was, I just left my office. And it was really a late night. It was probably 11 p.m. 
and I'm driving home and I remember that I needed uh, to go to the market at the grocery store and get uh, food for my kitty cats so they could eat in the morning. And so I'm really tired and I pull into the parking lot and I notice a man who uh, appears to be homeless and he is uh, going from person to person in the parking lot. So as I park, I'm kind of observing this and I notice he's progressing towards me and I frankly I just really didn't want to be bothered I it was a long day I was tired I just wanted to get home and but I didn't see any way to get into the store without having this encounter and uh, you know so I kind of was pretending to not pay attention and um you know, my, just a really poor attitude, um, uh, even though, you know, there's uh, probably good reason, but whatever. Uh, but anyways, I, I just recall I was sitting there and, you know, in that moment, I, I felt like God really kind of changed my heart uh, towards him. I didn't pray. I didn't ask to uh, for the strength and good attitude to deal with this. I just didn't want to deal with it. But... I just noticed that as I, I looked at him and he seemed to be getting blown off, um, the Lord stirred my heart to, okay, talk to him. And so I get out of the car and he walks up to me and he asks for um, some money. And I asked him his name. And uh, he said, yeah, my name's Andre. He's like, you know, I've been out here all day and you're the first person to ask my name. And that started a conversation because in that one simple thing, and it wasn't planned, I'm not sure why I did that, but it meant the world to him and because he had an identity and he, um, he had spent the whole day knowing that feeling ashamed, feeling like he's a burden and everyone he encountered made sure that, um, that he knew that they were just tolerating him and didn't really want to be bothered. And, and I was in, the, in that same disposition uh, as well. But, but for some reason, I asked the question. And he, I think that just uh, created some safe space for him. So he just started um, telling me about his story. And so we started talking. And I invited him to come in the grocery store and get some some items and so we go in and we're starting to talk and laugh together and we had some common experiences and so you know we come out of the store we sit on on my um tailgate and uh start uh we each got a carton of milk and opened up a box of donuts and we started talking till like three in the morning and he's telling me his story about how He's trying to get back. He's trying to reconcile with his wife. He lost his job. They had some financial difficulties, uh, descended into alcoholism and divorce. And But, you know, it was really an incredible encounter. Um, he was a believer. He shared scripture with me, and it was an incredible blessing. And in that moment, I realized that I needed to be open to be ministered to by unlikely sources. Um, and... 
not uh, write someone off because they, they don't meet my expectations as to who God could use in my life. And that was uh, really eye-opening to me as he started to tell me about he, how he used to serve in church and his wife would sing in church and, uh, you know, but they had a series of events that tore him apart and in, um, and now he was just at a place where he was trying to recover and, uh, but because of his situation, he couldn't get help. Nobody would listen to him. And, um, anyways, uh, you know, we were, uh, we're able to stay in touch after that and, and, uh, you know, get him connected with the right resources to get back on track. Um, but I, I just share that because to me it was a, a valuable lesson and it was eye opening to me and it was at a time that I didn't want to be bothered, but I, I just, um, saw that I could easily uh, be that person, uh, with, um, a few uh, tweaks here and there. And, um, I think it's something for, it's important for us to pay attention to. And, you know, as, as we talked, you know, I was thinking about, you know, disposition, smiling, uh, nonverbal communication, body language, so many things that we can do to make, make sure someone knows that they're bothering us. And so we need to be aware of those things and then we need to be able to, um, catch ourselves when we're doing it, um, so that we can actually love someone in a genuine way that they don't feel like a burden. Um, and, uh, that you can actually, they can actually feel like they're being loved. You know, the, when, you know, Paul wrote to the Corinthians that God loves a cheerful giver. Um, he's, you know, he's talking about money there, but I think that goes to a lot of things and it goes to our, our time and to be uh, cheerful in our engagements and uh, cheerful in giving charity. And, uh, there's a number of things I think that can be wrapped up into that because, uh, when we are dealing with people, um, we're always dealing with a person's dignity and we need to be mindful of that because every person was created in the image of Christ or in the image of God. And every person was, um, has a sin issue and every person has a story and every person, uh, is in need of a savior. And so we, we got to quickly in those moments, find our common ground, uh, with, uh, people that we don't uh, want to be bothered with. And, um, it's just, it's a lesson that I, I've been learning and I just wanted to share it. You know, I had another, uh, example. I was on work travel and I was at an airport, uh, waiting for my flight to connect and got some lunch and I was in the food court and it was pretty crowded and I had a table. Uh, but I see a lady walking around and every table's full, but no one's sitting at my table. So there was an empty seat and uh, she walks over and she's looking. I said, you're welcome to sit there. And <laughs> her response, I had my Bible out. And she's like, is that a Bible? And I said, yes, it is. And um, she's like, hmm, well, fine. I guess I'll sit here. There's um, 
nowhere else to sit. I'm like, okay, thank you. <laughs> you know, what do you say? So, uh, but I asked her, I said, you know, does the Bible bother you? And she didn't want to talk about it. So, but after we ate for a little bit, and um, I guess, I don't know, she felt a little convicted. So she said, what are you reading? And um, frankly, I don't remember what I was reading. But um, as we, we started to talk, it was it became a little bit more amiable. And then um, I go, I'm guessing you're not a Christian. So she told me what her beliefs were. And it was, um, it was everything she described was uh, political, political activism. And um, we did not believe the same things, like not even a little. Um, but as we, as she shared that, um, yeah, I kind of, after she was done talking, I kind of squared up a little bit and in a very somber, stern voice, I said, you know, Jesus wanted us to meet today, right? <laughs> and she just broke out laughing and, uh, and so did I, and it was, it was, but it was a good icebreaker, uh, because that opened up a conversation where she told me her story and, you know, her story was that uh, her husband had died six months earlier. And so she was, uh, was there at the Denver airport and I was connecting somewhere and she was connecting somewhere. And, and she was like, I'm on my way to Ireland because uh, we had always talked about taking this dream vacation and um, we just thought we had more time. And She's like, but we didn't. She's like, you know, I'm, I'm just feeling a little lost. And I hope that going there will um, ease the pain and help me feel a little closer to him. You know, my heart just broke for her because I just, um, you know, the universe can be a scary place without the gospel. And it's dark and lonely and filled with despair. And w- without hope, without the hope of the gospel, without the recognition that God became man and lived among us and went to the cross and died for us and rose again. Uh, you know, there's, we have a living hope that is an incredible thing. And, uh, it's hard to realize the power of that until we meet someone who's in despair and they look at, uh, the universe as this scary, dark place with no hope and a lot of questions and a few answers and um, that reality just I remember just set in there and so as we talked and um, you know she had no idea if she'll ever see her husband again when she dies and uh, but she's hoping that just um, some magical would happen uh, in Ireland and somehow she would feel connected to him there um and it was just it was just a very sad encounter, but uh, we talked as we talked for I don't know how long, maybe an hour. Uh, by the end, she said, "Would you pray for me?" And I said, "Absolutely." And she didn't want to pray together, um, but I did pray for her, and the Lord brought her to mind several times after that. And you know, I don't know what happened. I don't know uh, how the trip to Ireland went, and I don't know where she's at today. But it made me think of John chapter 4 and just the idea, or not the idea, uh, the recognition that um, 
sometimes we reap what others have sown and sometimes we sow for others to reap. And um, just there we have a picture of that we, in our ta- in God's tapestry, we step in and out of people's faith journey. And when we do that, uh, we serve the purpose that we need to at that time and let God take it from there. And you just, we just don't know what it's going to be, but we trust the Holy Spirit and we do our part as the hands and feet of God. We know scripture and we share the word of life and then we water it with prayer. And, you know, that, that's it. That's what we do. And that's what every believer is to do. Uh, but that encounter just made me think of uh, John chapter 4 because sometimes we just, we, we can have a random encounter like that and then forget about it and, uh, or not pray or do try and do rush evangelism and, you know, try and get them to ask Jesus in their, their heart right there or something like that. Um, you know, so we do all sorts of silly things instead of trusting God. Uh, but that person, uh, I did what I needed to do. Who knows? Perhaps she got to her hotel in Ireland and pulled the Bible out of the hotel desk, uh, or something like that. And, uh, anything could have happened. Um, but my point is, is that we do our part and we trust God for the rest. We water it with prayer. And, but those are those tapestry moments that I wanted to highlight because we just, never know uh, what um, what we might speak into somebody's life at just the right time as God is calling them. We know from John 6, 44 that um, no one comes to uh, Jesus unless the Father who sent him calls him. And I think that's, I think John 6, 6, John 6, 65 says that also. And so I... Uh, wanted to point that out because I think sometimes in the rush of life, um, in the busyness of life, we can lose sight of these things. And even when we do have a chance to have a good encounter like that, that we need to, to just be mindful to follow through on it. And we may never know. Um, I had a, I reconnected with someone a couple of years ago. And this was a friend of mine in high school. And she used to pray for me and even invite me to church. And, but I would never go. And, but she found me online and she was looking up, you know, some of the things that I identify myself as, as a believer. And she was just really encouraged. And she just told me, she was like, I had no idea what happened to you. She's like, but you frustrated the heck out of me because of the questions you would ask and just our encounters. And I prayed for you every day for like all through high school. And I was just very frustrated with you. And I'm like, you did some incredible work uh, because um, I did have an an opportunity to receive faith in college. And um, uh, I prayed. uh, Someone shared the gospel with me. We prayed together. And, um, you know, and I, in that moment, I was born again. And uh, the person that did that uh, for me I never saw him again after that day. Uh, He had no idea what happened to me. Um, If I was a good seed or a good uh, good soil, like Matthew 13, the parable of the sower, or uh, he doesn't know. Um, But he shared the gospel with me, and 
uh, I said, yeah, I want to follow Jesus. And uh, I started um, down that path. And it was really um, this other person, my, my friend from high school, that was actually uh, praying for me for uh, many years. Um, you know, so I, I just wanted to, um, you know, point out, you know, when we talk about the tapestry of God, um, sometimes it's for encouragement, sometimes it's for edification, sometimes it's for evangelism, uh, sometimes it's for correcting, sometimes it's just to um, be an empathy or a sympathy or uh, admonition, or it could be a number of things, but um, I just want to uh, shine a light on paying attention to um, our encounters you know, there's one, one more story I want to share and, and wrap this up, and that is um, um, uh, earlier this week, um, on August 17th, um, one of my lifelong friends died unexpectedly, and um, as I was thinking about, um, man, so many experiences over the years, so many good times, and... Uh, but one of the things I I, I, um, I got to realize, I recall when we first met, I had visited a church in Los Angeles, and I remember I went to the college Sunday school group, and I walked around that group, it was a large group, and I just showed up, I didn't know anybody, and I walked around that group for, I don't know, 20, 25 minutes maybe, and during that time I, I talked to exactly zero people, and was kind of in their their holy huddles and um, you know and there wasn't a place for me so I just decided to leave and uh, my friend Brian um, saw me leave and followed me out to the parking lot and started asking me questions and we, we started talking so we ended up talking for at least an hour or so I mean, up to the time church started to end it and people started to spill out and I just remember that encounter because I was had just decided I wasn't going back and I was just going to go f- look for another church. And uh, But he something moved him to seek me out and we just hit it off and it, we clicked and it was pretty cool. And um, so many great things came out of uh, my time at that church, you know, and spiritual growth and discipleship and doing missions and uh, but you know I think about that and some of my most cherished relationships over the years uh, came out of that group and I I think about uh, these folks that I still confide in uh, today or they confide in me and um they all, I would have missed out on all of those if, if my friend Brian hadn't um, chased me out to the parking lot to, to talk to me and, and bring me back into the fold. And, you know, I think about uh, my friends Todd and Kristen in South Carolina. Um, you know, incredible blessing to me um, as we um, often exchange encouragement or uh, discuss uh, theological topics. Um, uh, so many things, um, uh, 
Dave and Jen in Colorado, uh, again, from that group. And uh, again, just cherished friends for so many years. Um, uh, Jim and Alan, and, uh, who run the Unhurried Living Ministry, and have just been an incredible source of encouragement and guidance for me and mentoring um, as well as a deep friendship and uh, there's there's just so many others um, uh, Jenny who's gone to be with the Lord also uh, many years ago too young and um, Mark and Nikki again another incredible friendship um, John and Barbara so I, I think about all these cherished relationships and um, I would have missed out on all of them if, if Brian had not um, sought me out and uh, bring me in. And, and God had a plan in that. God had a hand in that. And uh, it's, to me, it's just another example of God's tapestry to uh, bring people together for the purpose. And, and our purpose was iron sharpens iron. And I can think of many years that we would discuss all sorts of uh, topics and uh, debate philosophy and theology and the five points of Calvinism and um, you know we had many many um, encounters where we encouraged each other tested each other made each other better um, pushed each other to go deeper in the faith and uh, and we had our disagreements um, but um usually uh, about nonsensical things, um, sometimes arguing, um, Princip ride language. That was always a good time. Um, but anyhow, um, I just share that because, um, you know, I was thinking about, uh, you know, I'm just really surprised that his life would end so soon. But it, it just also shines a light on the fact that, you know, we're here for a short time and... You know, we have a purpose uh, to love God and love people, and that's our priority. And sometimes we can miss out on so many good things because of the busyness of life and um, all the other first world problems that that uh, we like to talk about. But, um, you know, God is orchestrating something that uh, is beyond, more than we can ask or imagine. You know, Jesus said, in my Father's house, there are many rooms, and I will come and get you when the time is right. And, um, you know, there is an appointed time for everything. And um, we don't know what that is. But, um, you know, it's been an important lesson for me, and I just want to share it with you and encourage you that as you enter the day uh, tomorrow or today, that you would... Uh, consider ahead of time uh, what those encounters will be. And, you know, one of the things I've learned to do is um, I've learned to pray in the morning to uh, ask God to um, help me be sensitive to his leading, sensitive to whoever is in front of me to be present and not distracted. Uh, I ask God for gospel conversations that I could be salt and light I ask for encouragement that someone would pour into me because I, I need encouragement. Um, and, um, you know, Psalm 5.3, three 
This is in the morning. Uh, the American Standard Version uh, is my favorite because it says, I will lift my prayers to you on the morning and eagerly watch. And, and so that's something that I try to do. Um, and I encourage you to try it and just to, to pay attention to, uh, you know, uh, pay attention to what you pay attention to. And, in the, and what I mean by that is in the moment, uh, be present. And whether it's your morning Starbucks or it's a coworker or it's a neighbor or it's another random encounter, um, because I don't believe that they're random. You know, we have that language uh, ingrained in us, but I'm always looking for the hook um, to find out if there is a, a loose thread that God is bringing back into the fold. And um, uh, so these are some things I've been thinking about with the tapestry of God. Uh, the other thing, and I'll just share this very quickly, is that I've recognized that these encounters that are being, I, I believe, one of the reasons I believe they're orchestrated is that uh, it's very rare that I don't have an encounter where someone is um, dealing with something that hasn't been part of my experience. And it goes back to like Second Corinthians 1, that God is going to use part of my story to encourage someone and help them get through whatever they're dealing with. And now I've just come to expect it. It's just, it's commonplace now. But um, um, anyways, I just encourage you to kind of think that direction every morning and think about um, what God is orchestrating in that day. Um, you know, there's, uh, even as I'm wrapping this up, I'm thinking about so many incredible other stories, um, you know, where meeting someone just changed my life. So I just want to thank you for listening. Um, I hope that this was encouraging uh, for you as you uh, press on to love God and love people. And um, hopefully the scriptures I shared too would be valuable to, to look up and to memorize and to let those shape uh, your day and your encounters. Father God, thank you for this time. Thank you for the incredible love you've shown us in giving us the gift of relationships, the gift of community, the gift of friendships, the gift of marriage. Uh, Lord, so many ways that we uh, interact with each other. And Lord, just uh, help us to see your hand in that, to to, uh, not be so focused on looking for the extraordinary uh, that we miss your hand in the ordinary. Uh, Lord, we just thank you and we praise you and we're grateful. And Lord, we just ask that you would continue to to be with us, that we'd be um, salt and light to help people get to the cross, to always uh, be people who make others feel included. And Lord, I just uh, pray that you would just convict our hearts to invest time with you and knowing that Uh, When we love you first, we love others best. And Father, thank you for uh, the Lord Jesus and for sending him to die for us, to reconcile the world to yourself. And Lord, I just uh, thank you that uh, for the joy set before you, that you 
would endure the cross and despising the shame that we could become children of God. And Lord, I just pray that we would uh, be used by you to go out and invite everybody to come in and to have a seat at the table. Lord, I thank you and I praise you and I'm grateful. And I pray that even now you prepare the hearts of those who might hear this and that you're um, producing fruit uh, from this work. I thank you and I praise you and I'm grateful. And I'm encouraged and excited to see what you're going to do next. And I ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.